How often do you look for treasure in life scars? In what ways can we look after our mental and emotional health? And who are you having open and honest conversations with? Welcome to the Kintsugi Hope podcast. Today we've got Jess on the Kintsugi Hope podcast. Hello, it's good to be here. We're going to be talking about a lot, anxiety, secondhand smoke. Yep. The whole shebang, really. All the fun stuff. All the fun stuff. <laughs> um, but before we start, with every Kintsugi Hope group, we start with an icebreaker. Yay. So considering this is a podcast, we're going to start with a podcast icebreaker. A podcast icebreaker. Yeah. I'm up for it. I'm we're ready. we do two truths, one lie. That classic okay. game, if you've been uh, in church for at least one year, you'd have done it about 20 times. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. It's it's pretty much the favourite icebreaker of them all, isn't oh, it? Oh, it's the easiest. Okay, so I think you should go first, being as, being as it was your idea. Right. Okay. One... Mm-hmm. I'm a lord. Two, I own the rights to build a castle in Scotland. Three, I'm a very distant, like very, very distant relative to King Henry VIII. I feel like they're all lies, but... <laughs> I feel like <laughs> Is that a bit savage? all lies. <laughs> Is that a bit savage? Sorry. Um, you're a lord. You've got rights to build build something in Scotland. A castle. Build a castle. So there's rubbles or... in castle. There's ru- rubbles of a castle. Rubbles. Like rubbles, isn't that, isn't that the word? Like <laughs> Ruins. Ru- I thought they called rubbles. Ruins of a castle. Okay. What you can build. And then very, very distant relative of King Henry VIII. Okay. Oh. I'm going to go... I'm going to go number what? Oh no. Right, we're back after a quick break. Um, <laughs> we're in the offices right now, and we're the only two in the offices, so no one else can answer the phone. Yep. So, back to two, two, one, nine. Okay, so I still stand by the first one. What, that I'm a lord? That you're a lord, yes. You think that's the lie? I think that's the lie. And um, now do I tell you? Is that how this game works? Yes. That's the truth. That's the truth. The third is that um, I'm not distant cousin relative to King Henry VIII. Oh. So, a year ago, I think it was, there was a Groupon offer for my birthday. Right. And my sister bought me one square foot of land in Scotland. So I'm actually contacting myself, Lord. So, like, and there was a Groupon offer, so it was really cheap. And she thought, oh, that job would like that. That's crazy. Yeah, so my Lord, I tried, I tried to change my bank statement to it. But Barclay <laughs> said no. That's so funny. Um, and then... Some, for some reason, we're relatives of a clan in Scotland, and there's a castle we could build. But all of us work for churches, so none of us can oh, build a castle. That's a really cool thing to be able to say, though. Yeah. Purely from bragging rights. Oh, yeah. All the time. Totally worth it. Right, your turn. Okay, so it's my turn. Um, okay, so number one, my favourite animal is a cat. Or cats in general, not just a single cat. Just not just any cat. <laughs> any cat. Cats. Um, number two, I have swum with dolphins. Okay. And number three, I have been skiing in Canada. They're all pretty like ordinary things. You could have I've done gone to the them. opposite spectrum of yeah, yours. Yeah, you could have done all of them. <laughs> um, do you like cats? Well, I'm not going to tell you, am I? What do you like about them? If you did like them. If I did like cats. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that they're furry. Okay. I like the fact that they like are independent, that they know what they want, <laughs> that they're just like chill by themselves. Um, I like the fact that 
they're a good friend when you need them to be. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm swimming with dolphins. How was that? It was a good experience. Did you yeah. hold on to them like in the movies or not? No. I don't think you were allowed to do that You're when not? we went. No, I think it's like a typical thing that you see people do, but uh, it's not actually... I don't know whether you were actually allowed. Okay. Well, the one that we went to, we weren't. But we were we were able to like be near them and touch them and stroke them and kiss them. Kiss them? Yeah, you know, they do that thing no. where you get they, they get the photo, don't they? Uh, the, the photo the in- that yeah, everybody buys. Photo, yeah, yeah, where the dolphin's kissing your lips and then you're like, oh, I'm swimming with dolphins. Awesome. Like and that. can you ski? I feel like this is a bit unfair. Okay, you've I mean, done I'm a lot. <laughs> you've done a lot of like asking questions. I was purely only allowed okay, the information. Think, yeah, okay, yes, mean? I can ski. I can ski. I feel like the last one's a lie. Okay, you are right. Thank you. I have been skiing, but not in Canada. I've been to the very, very, very north of North America, which is basically in Canada, but not quite. So, well done. Woo! And that was Two Trees One Nine, <laughs> the Casigio podcast. Um, today we're going to be looking at anxiety and all of that area of mental health. So, first, before we go into that, Jess, who are you? How do I know you? And tell me about your life. Who am I? That's 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 the golden question. Um, so yes, I am Jess. Um, I work for Kintsugi Hope. Um, I have done for about six months now just over six months um and my role as of january is pa to patrick who i'm sure you all know and um communications coordinator so do everything to do with emailing and a bit of social media and a bit of um database stuff and all of that jazz um in my spare time i love to drink coffee I love cats, <laughs> as you now know. Um, have you been to the cat shop? What is that? There's a coffee shop where there's just loads of cats. No, but that sounds incredible. L- literally, there's a coffee shop. You walk in and there's loads of cats and they just come and you just stroke them and you drink coffee. I need to go there. I think it's in London. That's where we're going to do the next podcast, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's okay, where we're going to go. That's where we're going. Um, so, yeah, love cats. That's me, really. Um, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk about... Anxiety. So, so you, you Has anyone you ever said that before? I'm no excited one's to talk ever about said anxiety. that to me before. <laughs> um, okay, what's your experience with mental health and anxiety and the whole thing? I think my main experience is probably walking with people mm. who um, are struggling or have struggled with mental and emotional well-being stuff, um, rather than necessarily really struggling myself i think we all have obviously we we know we all have mental and emotional well-being um you know if you've ever had a sleepless night if you've ever um if your heart has ever been like racing because you've been in a stressful situation that is all stuff to do with mental health Mm. um so obviously i have definitely had my own story but predominantly it's mainly been um through relationships with um my husband Matt who's amazing um and um also like walking with friends and walking with family who um are struggling so yeah that's probably like my main my main bit really is Mm. um is learning how to support those who you love and Mm. who you trust and um that 
is equally as hard um because when when you love somebody when you you know when you want to support them I'm I've had to teach myself not to go into fix it mode um which is really really hard Mm. because when you know when somebody says to you like oh I've, I've cut my hand you know if you've done first aid training then you'll know like all of the stuff to do or really common sense like yeah. plaster make sure it's clean but when it's like stuff with your emotional well-being and your mental well-being it's so hard to like wi- to like withdraw from not going into that fix it first aid mode mm. um because there sometimes isn't anything you can do yeah um if we look at if you've been on the Kazoo Hip tour, if you've read some of Patrick's books, Diane, mm-hmm. his wife, talks about secondhand smoke. Mm-hmm. What is that? What does it look like? And have you experienced that? Or what are your thoughts mm-hmm. on it? Yeah. So, yes. So, secondhand smoke is just a great way of um, describing how, and it's a great image on how actually when you're in close proximity for, of someone, when you're doing life with somebody that is struggling, um, you know, secondhand smoke is just as harmful mm. as if you were smoking 20, 40 a day. Yeah. Um, so it's it's how do you how do you continue to be strong? How do you continue to look after yourself um, in that and to support those people without becoming completely burnt out yourself? Mm. So probably my experience. Um, the best experience for me to refer to is with my husband Matt. So in about in a, I think it was like two thousand and two thousand seven seventeen or two thousand and eighteen. Mm. We'd just been newly married, and um, Matt was having a really tough time at work, um, and he was really miserable with the job that he was in, and he was feeling quite isolated and quite lonely. Um, and throughout our help, you know, throughout our relationship and our engagement, and up until this point, um, we'd had conversations about the fact that he does suffer with anxiety. Like mm. it's something that he suffered with a long time um, since he was a kid. Um, and you know, this isn't like this wasn't the start of the journey for us mm. um, in terms of communicating about that or coping mm. with it. It was um, this is just part of the journey. But there was there seems to be just like a period of time where it just got really, really bad. Um, and he was just, he just got really, really low. Um, it not only affected his mental health, but then his physical health was taking a proper knock in. Um, and he actually got um, signed off of work. Um, so that, yeah, this was about a year into our, into our marriage, which obviously like wasn't the great, mm. wasn't a great start. Um, and it was just really hard to know um what do I do like how do I cope with this how do I cope with this not only as a wife but as a friend how do I cope with um being put in this situation where someone I love someone who I'm normally like leaning on um you know we we lean on each other we support each other is completely broken Mm. um like there was times that Matt was like not even able to get off the sofa like even making a cup of tea was like just impossible um so it got to the point where um we had to move back home um with my parents for about probably about a month and a half over the Christmas period and 
like don't get me wrong that was probably one of the hardest decisions mm. because you know we just got married we just got our own house we're like yeah we're independent you know we're you know we're living on our own blah 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 all these things are going so well and then all of a sudden like it's like the world is mm. tipped upside down again and it's like we're going back it, mm. it honestly felt like we were going backwards not forwards um and my parents were amazing and both both of our parents were amazing actually in that in that time and that's exactly what we needed in mm. that period of life in that period of um matt just being completely wrecked and he hit rock bottom yeah. what we needed was people who loved us people yeah. who got it people who um without judgment and um without needing to know or without it needing to fix it could just be there for mm. us um so there's probably four things in that period of time that um i upon reflection have realized were really really helpful mm. so the first one like i've just mentioned was not to isolate ourselves yeah. it's so easy in times where you feel like it's the end of the world um, and your situation is kind of almost closing in around you to just stay where you are and to let it carry on closing in around you so that you can't see anything. And in that moment, looking at Matt and seeing, and I had just started a new job. So I was having to go off to my new job, like be, you know, going with lots of energy, mm. like I'm here, like, you know, you should be pleased that you've employed me, having to leave like Matt mm. at home and not knowing whether he was going to be able to make some lunch during the day because mm. could he even get out of bed that day? So that was just really, really hard. So we that's why we made the decision mm. to say, right, we're not going to isolate ourselves. We're not going to pretend that everything's okay. Yeah let's ask for help. So that was the first thing that really started to lift the fog was to say to our parents and to say to our friends and family, even if it's just sending them a text, hey, we're really struggling mm. right now and um, there's not much you can do. I mean, we'd appreciate your prayers. And our church rallied around us and brought us meals. So in that communicating, mm. um, of the reality of what was mm. happening. It allowed us to not feel so isolated. Um, and then the second thing that I feel like was so useful um, for me, not just in this, um, not just in this crisis mm. point, but um, also in terms of supporting friends was to not, untry, not to try and understand exactly how they were feeling um I think we've all been in that situation I mean you've probably had this where you've described something that's happened to you and, and someone's gone I know exactly how you feel and you're like you might they might know exactly yeah. how you feel but actually is that totally helpful mm. Mm, not not all the time not all the time like sometimes it is comforting to know that you're not the only one that's been through a particular situation but um for me, in terms of supporting Matt and friends that mm. have struggled, admitting to myself, telling myself, Jess, it's okay if you don't get it. It's okay if you don't understand what they're going through. Oh, the pressure that lifted off of me because I I stopped like having conversations, um, stopped myself in conversations thinking, um, 
thinking what how does that work or like why does your brain do that or Mm. how do you live with that like I don't I didn't I stopped asking myself those questions I stopped striving to get it because I'm not I'm not the same Mm. as them I don't have the same journey as them um so I just yeah not 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 understanding is okay um and the biggest thing the best thing you can do to any for anyone that's struggling is to just be with them to say it's okay Mm. like um it's okay not to be all right like it's all right to Mm. struggle and I'm here with you Mm. and I'm not going to try and make it better um because there might be not anything that you can do apart from just being with Mm. them so that was just a real freeing moment to mm. admit that I didn't have to know how to fix them. Um, and then the third thing, which is a real practical thing. So when particularly Matt was struggling, that, you know, there was days where <laughs> the washing was overflowing and there was nothing to eat in the fridge. Mm. And... Um, you know, we were running out of money for petrol, just real practical things, yeah. like just normal things that when life's going smoothly, things like that don't affect you. But when life is a little bit more rocky, mm. those things you're like, oh no, feels like the end of the world. So we started to encourage each other to look at the small victories, to like look at the victories okay, in yeah. each day. So like today, you know, today's been a great day i'm here with you i'm having a great time Mm. doing this podcast um but then there there are days when you know maybe you are physically ill or maybe you're mentally ill and literally the only thing that you can celebrate about that is that you got out of bed to have a shower yeah even if you climb straight back into bed again or the fact that you i don't know the fact that you um made a cup of tea that might be the only thing that you can celebrate about that day, but at least you made a cup of tea. Or you got out of bed and you made the bed, Mm. even if you then went and collapsed on the sofa straight afterwards. Mm. um, It doesn't matter. Like celebrate those small things. So it just shifts your perspective. It allows you to think, okay, just for even for five seconds, what's my small victory today? And Matt and I would have that conversation and we would encourage each other to find those victories. So Matt, what's your victory today? And he'd be like, mm, I ate a cheese sandwich. Great, brilliant. Oh, what's mm. your victory today? Just, mm, um, I managed to not hit a bird on the way home, like, you know, yeah. in the car, like yeah. just really small, like silly. That. And they, yeah. they seem really silly at the time, but it just helps. Like it just makes things seem less serious. Yeah. Something what I love to chat about is what does it look like when you deal with your own mental health? Because mm-hmm. you haven't got serious mental health struggles. And a lot mm-hmm. of time when we talk about mental health, it's like, oh, how do you deal with someone who severely mm. signed off work? Yeah. How can you help them? But how do you help yourself with someone who doesn't struggle with anxiety as a severe mental illness, but mm-hmm. because you've got mental health, like you've got physical health, yeah. you do encounter anxiety throughout your day. And a lot of time, anxiety can be good. I know we talk about anxiety in the Consumer Hope course, mm. like being, like a, being like a car alarm. Mm. Car alarms are helpful. Yeah. But when it goes off all the time, when it's yeah. broken, it becomes annoying. It becomes annoying. Yeah. But they are helpful as when they're used properly. So how do you control your car alarm? Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. Um... I guess for me, um, for, yeah, like I don't have an anxious disposition, Mm. um, but there obviously are moments where 
anxiety is real. Mm. Um, I think I notice like patterns in my thinking. So the biggest thing for me is I get anxious about what people think. Okay, yeah. Um, so whether that's um, the way I look or the way I speak or what I do or maybe coming across to like loud or um, yeah, or maybe I think if, if I've been a bad friend, um, I think in times where often feel like if one of my friends is really struggling or one, some, one person in my family is really struggling and then feel like I almost have to like neglect everybody else yeah. because I want to give them like the attention and time. And then I get like an overwhelming sense of like guilt that mm. my other friends don't feel supported. They don't feel loved. They don't feel. Mm. So I think that's where anxiety comes into my life is um, recognizing those thought mm. patterns. Um so the way I kind of cope with that is just by sharing because it's almost like when you say something out loud you realize how silly it is yeah. <laughs> like so sometimes I'll just like last night for instance I, th- I felt like I had been a really bad friend to somebody because mm. I had been kind of focusing on a lot of other stuff and I hadn't texted them in a while when I know they were, I knew they were going through a bad time. So I just sent them a text. I was like, you probably think I'm a really crappy friend, but mm. I'm here for you. Yeah. Like, I'm really sorry. And they texted back the most lovely reply. Um, and it was almost like, of course you're not. Of course yeah. you're not a crappy friend. Yeah. Um, so I, that, yeah, almost just saying it out loud um, and sharing, sharing what's in your head. Um sharing those what may seem like crazy thoughts or um, things that don't make sense or Mm. irrational thoughts that have no reason to be in your head, but for Mm. some reason they are. Um, Just almost saying like, is this a thing? Like, am I crazy? Am I going crazy right now? Or is this actually how I should feel? And then some, nine times out of 10, somebody will go, no not at Mm. all like it's okay like it's okay to have thoughts like that it's okay to feel that way um so yeah I think recognizing your thought patterns Mm. um I think you know that the bible verse um take captive every thought is often taken very out of context um and it's often not used in the right way but I think understanding the way your mind works understanding Mm. um those patterns that sometimes you go down and if you allow it to go down a certain route then it can lead to a really dark place um so almost almost like catching yourself before it gets to that point and sharing with somebody like bringing it into the light and going is this crazy and then that person goes "Mm, a little bit but it's okay like we'll we'll go through it together or no not at all like Mm. just having those people that you can talk to about it awesome that's amazing well thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and if you're listening to this and you're wanting to help your mental health you're wanting to talk about it more please get in contact with us at kintsugihope.com if you're interested in running a well-being group Mm. go on there it's everywhere just contact us on any social media or (laughs) website and we'll talk to you thank you for listening thank you jess for coming along you're welcome for having me um if you are watching please like Mm. subscribe if you're like, listening subscribe. please follow or <laughs> add or whatever the call to action button is on, the, the on your preferred on your preferred listening device but yeah thank you guys so much for listening again and we'll see you next month take bye. care bye